Live at five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. Bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. You a This is Live at Five, Live yeah, at Five, Live at Five. Yeah, gonna do a break in. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we got uh, two people, uh, two individuals on the show today, one via phone. Uh, that person is, is waiting. That's Mr. Jerry Manor uh, from Seacom uh, Federal Credit Union. Uh, he's calling in with the, the latest uh, information for you on how to protect yourself from getting ripped off. It's kind of like the, the regional John Stossel of Northern New York. Uh, he's on the phone and then followed by potential city council candidate uh, or, or, or councilor, uh, Mr. Ben Schoen. Sorry. He's a candidate now. Uh, but who knows? Uh, based on the primary numbers, Ben might be uh, a part of the uh, city council uh, in uh, January of 2024. For now, let's go to the phones and speak with our friend uh, Jerry Manor. Let's, let's Yes, it is. It is our friend Jerry Manor. Right on the <laughs> button almost. I, I missed you by 30 seconds. Uh, 508 Jerry Manor uh, from Seacom uh, Federal Credit Union. How are you doing, Jerry? I'm doing great, Glenn. How are you? How about this weather, huh? Oh, it's, on, it's off the charts. I, I think global warming works for northern New York, Jerry. I really do. Well, uh, apparently something's working for us. So yeah, it's yeah. Been, it's been a beautiful week. I know it might be a little chilly at night, but uh, no, I love this is uh, this is terrific, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And by the way, this is since we started speaking to you in January of this year, Jerry. This is the longest span you and I haven't spoken here on the Live at Five show. You called us, I believe, the final day of July. Yeah. And now, look at it's all, it's, it's two months later. I know. I'm sorry. I've been, I had some vacation time. I've been busy and so on. But uh, hey, we're back on track, right. my friend. Yes. Back on track. Big, big. And hockey season's starting too, which is even better for you. Pretty pretty soon. Yeah. Well, you know what Sunday is? What Sunday? First day of October. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. I thought it was something else, like uh, uh, Jerry's uh, Manor Day or something. No, no. <laughs> but uh, October is kind of important uh, when it comes to finances because guess what's starting up again? Uh, interest rates. Oh, no, that probably, but they did not raise <laughs> rates this past uh, meeting. But oh. no, student loan repayment. Oh, what's that mean? That means that people who have been on pause have to start repaying their student loans. Oh, wow. What? Always right. Yeah. So those of you out there who have student loans, hopefully you've already gotten yourself set up with your provider and the best thing to do is make it automatic, because remember, what's automated gets done. Hmm. But if you want more information, I'm no expert on student loans, except uh, I had to pay them for my daughters and uh, for the Parent PLUS loan. You know, Glenn, this is kind of scary, but when I went to college back in the 70s, yeah. 
it was reasonable enough. I didn't need a student loan. Right, right. But now it's crazy. But anyway. Well, no, let um, me ask you, where did you go? Just curious. SUNY Potsdam. Okay, got it. So you went to SUNY school. Just, I, I can tell you how much my student loan was after four years uh, at Oswego State between uh, 81 and 85. It was roughly eleven grand. I paid into it a little bit. It would have been more than that. But $11,000 for a four-year undergraduate degree. I'm assuming okay. yours was lower. I was fortunate because, do you remember, there used to be something called the Regent Scholarship? Yes, yes. And basically it was a one-day test, or a one. you just took a test. And I'm not the smartest guy around, but I was a good test taker. Mm-hmm. So I managed to get one of those. Yeah. And between that and you know working, mm-hmm. I was able to pay as I went, which was really cool. So I didn't have anything when I got out of college. But, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of people do, and they have to start repaying. But here's a website I want to give the folks mm-hmm. that they can learn about all things student loans. It's called studentaid.gov. Okay. All one word, studentaid.gov. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the other thing about October, I don't know if you knew this, it's National Financial Planning Month. Wow. Geez, this is right up your wheelbarrow, Jerry. <laughs> Yes. This, this, so October's made for you. Thinking about those things, yeah. financial planning. The first part of your plan, of course, has got to be your budget. Right. So you know, take a look at your spending. Make sure you're on track for the year. You want to reduce those bills whenever you can. Don't pay pesky fees, Glenn. Mm-hmm. You know, if you pay your bills on time, you don't pay those late fees. Right. If you don't bounce checks, you don't pay those late fees or overdraw your account. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I want to mention is you can even run into some money if you're always taking money out of foreign ATMs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those fees to take money with your ATM card. Yeah, big time. Oh, right here. Well, it doesn't have to be foreign. It's right here. We have. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. But, when, I, when I say foreign, I mean... Ah, it, you yes. Know what I mean. Yes, so okay. Anyway, we've yeah. taken care of that for you at CECOM because we have something called the co-op network. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's a huge group of credit unions who work together throughout the United States and there are over 30,000 fee-free ATMs wow. for CECOM members, 30,000. So wow. chances are, wherever you are, you'll be able to find one you're not going to have to pay a fee at. Now, guess what? There's an app for that. And, and, well, of course there should be an app for that. And how do yeah, we get you, that? You can download the Co-op Network app, and all you got to do is put in the zip code you're traveling to, or if you set up the location service, it'll do it automatically mm-hmm. and point you to the nearest fee-free ATM. So that's kind of cool. So let me. It, it seems like whenever I rarely take money out of the bank uh, machines anymore, a lot of them have been closing down here. A lot of big banks have left the area. One branch of right. Key Bank left. You know this better than anybody. Are you saying then that when you open up an account at CECOM, that you, when you go to an ATM, as long, I, I'm assuming as long as you have the app, or is it customary that you don't pay a fee when you take money out? Well, it depends. That's what this co-op network is about. It's a network of 30,000 fee-free ATMs located across the country. Mm-hmm. So what you do is check on the app and find out where the nearest one is. But they're located at credit unions all across the country, but they're also located in say, 7-Elevens. Nice, yeah, which we have fact, a lot of you now. You know, I mean, we have a branch in Watertown, but mm-hmm. if you needed to take out money on the other side of the highway, you could go to that 7-Eleven. I think it's on, where is it? There's one in, in Watertown. I'm yeah, we got, it. they used to be the nice and easies. They're all 7-Elevens now. Yeah, we got yeah, one another right. one. They yeah. have the uh, co-op network ATMs. Or if you're in Florida, you go to public supermarkets, mm-hmm. they have the co-op network ATMs. That, that's so. huge because a lot of times, Jerry, it's like four fifty, five bucks just right. to take your own money out. It's gone up a lot. It used to be a buck. Now it's, you know, yeah, right, four fifty, five bucks. So yeah. that's one way to save money. You know, you want to prioritize, prioritize debt repayment, you know, mm-hmm. because... 
when you're paying off a lot of debt, you're paying a lot of interest. And sure. That costs you money. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing I want to mention before I let you go today, Glenn, is Green Path Financial Wellness. That's mm-hmm. a service we offer at CECOM, free to members. Now, if you want to check it out, go to our website, CECOM.org, click on Resources, then on Tools, and you'll see Green Path Financial Wellness. What they are is a consulting service. In other words, you would call them up, and they would help you pay down debt. They've got a lot of different plans where they can help you pay down debt. They can help you improve your credit score. They'll pull your credit report with you and work on it with you to help improve it. They have student loan information, which is kind of timely right now, and also help you make housing decisions. Hmm. So it's a free service offered to our members. Incredible. So what would be a reason for not, you know, uh, uh, opening up an account at at, uh, CECOM Federal Credit Union right here on out of Arsenal Street, Jerry? you got so many reasons here. I I, I can't think of any. (laughs) I mean, it's just because I know you got to go, but we have a compelling story on Channel 7 this past week of a woman with four children, uh, one with special needs. Rent is going up, not just in the big cities, Jerry. The average rent around here is like $900 to $1,200. Uh, so each and every dollar that we can save on an ATM fee, on, yep. on low-cost tr- checking account, whichever, uh, low, uh, that is, is so imperative. And at, yet at the same time, we have to learn that we have to save our money, too, without someone uh, taking it out of our, uh, out of our hands or, or through some scandal or scam, Absolutely. which Jerry Amana brings to us each and every month here on the Live at Five show. Well, this is great stuff. It's always good stuff, Jerry. But when people need to get in contact with either yourself or find out more about CECOM, how can one do that? Okay, our website, which is the depository of all things CECOM, CECOM.org. That's our website. Our phone number is 800-764-0566. You can call me directly, and I'll give you my cell phone number, 315-250-0273. And I'd be happy to help if I can. If I don't know the answer to your question, I'll find out the answer. Yeah, and Jerry, is, as you, I mean, he's, this is no act. He's a stand-up guy. So I'm going to give out that phone number one more time, 315-250-0273. Jerry Manor at Seacom uh, uh, Federal Credit Union. you got locations all over the place, some in uh, 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 Vermont, but the newest and best, uh, uh, perhaps in the entire arrangement, is right here in Arsenal Street on Route 3 going towards Sackett's Harbor. It's a beautiful place. We love our Watertown branch. Yeah, that's we great, really and, I'm, it's, and it's growing. How long? Just real quick, how long has it been open now? A Watertown branch, a couple of years now. We were over on Coffeen Street for a while because right. we merged with United Neighbors, and we were in their location until we got our new branch uh, constructed. But mm-hmm. we're happy to be where we are, and uh, our members seem to like it as well. That's awesome. Fantastic. Jerry Manor, thank you very much, and uh, we'll have to talk more about hockey next time in uh, the month of October. Sounds like a plan. Great. Thank you, sir. Okay, take care, my friend. Yes, you too. Bye. That's uh, Jerry Manor here on the uh, Live at Five show. A little bit quicker than I thought. I know Jerry had to get somewhere. Uh, so, and you can tell, I think it's a gun. I, I, this would be our last point. Typically, Jerry and I talk longer than that. Uh, so, and, you know, I was uh, planning on uh, you know, talking to uh, uh, city council candidate Ben Schoen, uh, but he is not in the building yet. So, if, if, if Ben, if you're listening, uh, and hopefully he's not locked out, I know Jer- uh, duh, Jim Levin was here, all dressed up in his ROTC shorts and shirt. We got to get him something. We got to get him a, a, something other than that. For a guy who always claims that he's broke, which he's not, he should have a, a you know, like a a Pauly Walnut type of uh, outfit from the Sopranos. We, someone should, you know what? Let's do that. Let let's get uh, Jim some better clothes than that. 
Anyway, uh, hopefully Ben is listening to me because yeah, he'll be calling in. Just to clear things up, uh, I erroneously claimed on this program uh, that there was a, a near altercation at a city council uh, meeting. And I apologize for this earlier this week. I just want to reiterate, there was none. There were some words exchanged. But as you can tell, things are getting fiery on their existing uh, council uh, 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 group. And that's been that case now for almost two years now. That's not a surprise. That's nothing new. Uh, but now we're getting closer and closer uh, to the November date. Now, when is Election Day? I, you know what? I should know this off the hand, off my top of my head. It looks like from, that, from the big old calendar on the wall that it's going to be Tuesday the 7th of November. It's going to be an interesting day. But we already have a lot of data, and that data, of course, is uh, you know from the from the June primaries, uh, showing that uh, there's uh, there's four guys still running for city council for the two available seats. Uh, one of which at the top of that list is Dr. Kimball, and uh, second of which uh, was uh, Mr. Ben Schoen, and then following up from there was uh, was uh, Timothy Babcock. I don't know if in this necessarily in this order. I believe uh, Babcock came in third. And, uh, and then uh, Mr. Leonard Spaziani came in fourth. Leonard's got some big-ass signs out there. And, of course, Babcock's got those low-profile signs that are closest to the ground, all four of which are looking for your vote on the election day. And, of course, in, in addition to that, uh, we're going to have uh, a new mayor come uh, January 1st right here in Watertown. And we do know, and Jeff Graham talked about this at length, I think, today or yesterday, uh, that uh, we are going to have, obviously, our first female uh, mayor in the history of Watertown. And that's a long ways. Uh, this uh, this t- city has been a city, rather, since 1869. We've always had a mayor since. Uh, and then it changed when uh, William Shepard uh, uh, developed what they called the, uh, and it still is today, the managed system of government uh, with council representatives uh, managed by, a uh, uh, on top of that, of course, a mayor. Uh, and, uh, so, and throughout that entire uh, period, I, you know, I, I did raise the question about, I don't know, a month ago or so, asking whether or not we've ever had a female run for the general election. I don't think that's ever happened. I think within the primary, yes. Uh, and who could fit? Wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. I forgot. It was Allison. Um, I'm forgetting her last name. So sorry, Allison, who ran uh, just last time. So I am mistaken. I, I Here it is. I'm going back. Oh, first time in history. Uh, but uh, we did have someone run against, uh, of course, our current mayor. That's uh, Mayor Jeff Smith. So anyway, uh, that said, I, if you heard me, I, I was talking to uh, Jerry Manor. And I tell you, this, you know, I didn't see the full report. I saw the first half of Channel 7's report. Uh, Brendan Fraser, I think his name is. And uh, he did a great job uh, talking about uh, you know, the, 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 the new uh, housing facilities, rentals, in downtown Watertown. That was part one. Part two... Uh, was kind of like on the personal side of, of, of what's going on in, in our city these days. Someone just texted me. I just want no, here's Ben. Uh, Ben's coming in right now. He might be getting a glass of water first. <laughs> there he is. Oh, that's, oh, you, you mean, wait, Jim, Jim's been keeping you in his office all this time? Yeah. Oh, jeepers, I'm sorry. Well, this is good because we have more time than we thought. How you doing? You don't have to put the headsets on yet. There was okay. a clunk. Move the microphone a little bit closer. This isn't the Jeff Graham show. No, just kidding. Um, you want to be able to hear me? Yeah, but you know what? Bef- yeah, of course. Uh, ben Schoen with us, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a big hand. I was just going to check to see if make- you weren't locked outside because someone texted me. It was me. Uh, it was you. All right. Uh, you're in Jim's office. 
We're in Jim's office. Do you agree that we should get him a new outfit so he can work out in a while? You could say it, Ben. A workout outfit? A workout outfit. Oh, you definitely have to have an outfit for that. Yeah, but what do you like what he's wearing right now? Uh, no comment. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so anyway, uh, great. So, well, thanks for being with us today. I was just talking about a lot of things, but just want to set set the, the, the stage up here. Is rent too high in Watertown? Uh, it, I don't know. That's tough because, I mean, some places rent is really, I think, high. And other places it's not too bad. I guess it depends on the landlord. But there are a lot of things at play, a lot of factors that determine where rent is and, and who is your biggest uh, purchaser of apartments or or user of apartments. So who's driving those rent prices? You know, is, is it just Fort Drum? Is it Fort Drum and Jefferson County Social Services that are controlling those rent prices? Who, you know, who is it? Good point. Because a lot of times, you know, within the report on Channel 7, they did talk about Fort Drum and, you know, how uh, Fort Drum soldiers are getting allocated. And that's been the case now for a long time. But, you know, I remember, you know, I, I rented not that long ago in the early 2000s, and I was literally renting a, a place for like $350. That's That's really cheap. I remember when I was a lot younger, probably in the 90s, that, you know, an average one or two bedroom was maybe 300, 350 bucks. Right. So if you do inflation from that to now, you could see if, if we're even close, that probably put us around $800. And I think we're more than that. You were more than that. But, yeah. you know, I, I really don't think it's just for a drum. I think there are other factors at play why yeah. rent's so expensive in Watertown. And it's not just here. It's everywhere. Uh, but uh, you know, but I shouldn't say everywhere because if you go up to St. Lawrence County, you can get a house for like less than a thousand bucks. But times have changed. Of course, that's something that as if, if you became part of council, and, and the odds are pretty good based on the primary. We'll get that in a little bit. But you really don't, wouldn't have any control over rent control or anything like that. No, it's, I mean, it's free market as far as rental, rentals go. I mean, people buy houses, and they, they invest in them, and, and that's their livelihood for a lot of them. So there's not a lot that council could do except you know, try to make sure that the housing that is available is, is fair, safe, and clean for everybody. The, the particular story on Channel 7, a woman with four children, one of which with uh, special needs, and, uh, you know, she, does, she can't sleep at night. I, I really feel for her, Ben. I'm sure you do, too. Yeah, it's, it's extremely difficult. I couldn't imagine being in the situation where you can't afford to live somewhere. Yeah, that Yes, I, I absolutely agree. All right, so you're in the – how long I, – I, you and I have talked about this during the primary a couple months back. How long have you been in the contracting business? Uh, about 25 years. So within that, I, I have found, Ben, working here, dealing with, you know, like, for instance, yesterday I went to a small service shop, and I learned a lot within the 10, 15 minutes I was in there. I've learned, learned the latest as far as, you know, inspections and how the state is, is the bureaucracy requires them to go jump through hoops just to just to do one vehicle. You have to be on camera. you got to fill it out. you got to do it this way. you got to use their ribbon ink. you got to do all that stuff. So you learn, from, you know, I don't know anything about fixing cars, but I do know a lot more now about his situation there. When you're building a house, when you're talking about codes, when you're talking about, you know, just a, a per square you know, a foot and, and rentals and so forth, that probably makes you a well-rounded businessman at the end of the day. It is. There's, there's a lot to it. There's way, way too many regulations as far as what the state puts on the municipalities and then they put on the contractors or the people who just want to improve things in their area. So if you think something's really expensive, take into account that probably 30 to 40% of that is just because of regulations from the government. Right. And it's just, it's just so 30 cents out of every dollar essentially goes right to the government then. It's, it's essentially, it's, it's kind of the result of their policy. And eventually it does go to them because they, they say, oh, we're going to make this rule. And then we're going to hire a person to enforce this rule. And, and that all costs everybody more money. Right. Right. And there's just more levels of government that sure, are on top absolutely. of that, that everyone's paying for. All right. So let's get down to things. Um, 
you you you've been vocal now uh, at city council. Again, you ran two years ago. You were kind of the new face. This is how things operate, in my experience, at least. You have people like Amy Horton that ran two years ago. You ran. Uh, you weren't part of the the, the the mix, if you will, but you've performed very well uh, in in the last uh, primary. Why is it that you perform better the second time around, in your opinion? Well, my name's out there a lot more. I think people have gotten to know me. They're paying more attention since they have heard my name. And uh, I think maybe because they're so dissatisfied in what decisions that they did make during the last election, they thought, you know, they were going to make the right choice, and it's working out in the opposite fashion, I believe, and I've heard that from a lot of people. Do you think that the current council are their own worst enemies in, in, in a way for newcomers like yourself? Yeah, definitely. Those, yeah. those council meetings are, are difficult to watch, difficult to listen to, and, and significantly less gets done that should get done because it's, it's so much of a, a circus. Yeah, it is, and it's and, and again, you, you're a reasonable guy, though. But can you see yourself losing? You know, I guess you know your way when when at city council meetings when you hear the stuff out there, and would that translate if in if in fact you become part of the council, Ben? Would I lose my way as far as uh, as you know your temperament? I mean, <clears throat> would, could you see yourself? I mean, let's face it. We've seen a lot of contentious, you know, behavior between, particularly between councilman only and Mayor Jeff Smith. A lot of finger pointing, a lot of gavel hitting, and whatnot. A lot of people say that that's not the proper decorum. Um, can you see yourself avoiding that, Ben? I definitely think that I can avoid it. I mean, confrontation doesn't get us anywhere. We want to compromise instead, and and I think that is, that's just that's between two people. That has nothing to do with the city of Watertown. What what goes on at those council meetings really doesn't have anything to do with the city at all. It's between a couple of people arguing, you know, and, and they, I wish they would do that on their own time. Yeah. And, and with the re- recent report in Channel 7, a lot of changes going on in downtown uh, in, in city government. Ken Mix is retiring. Obviously, we're going to get a new mayor. Uh, and uh, there was uh, oh, we got a new attorney coming in from a from a big uh, firm out of out of uh, out of Syracuse. Do you look at this as uh, as a fresh new start or what? It's it's a it's a new start in certain ways. And it's it's kind of. It's stressful at a point, too, because there's so many. I mean, city manager's major. Yeah. You know, so I know we have Logan Eddy as the assistant, but he hasn't been in there very long. Right. Uh, I've reached out to him many times for issues, and he's gotten back to me, and I do appreciate his ability. Right. Um, Ken Mix has had, you know, years of experience in the city. He's very fortunate to have had him. Right. And I can understand him wanting to leave because he was retired, and I'm sure it was much more enjoyable right. than this. He was going to leave a year ago. So Logan, young guy, twenty-seven years old, something like that. Pretty young. I don't know his age. Yeah, I think I know he's in his late twenties. God bless him for that. And I would assume. I mean, again, this whole uh, you know approach to like, oh, we got to get a city manager from another market. Uh, We're a small city, and 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 you know this, Ben. It's best to get someone who knows the area, who knows the climate. I mean that literally, uh, the way of life. Because typically you get a manager here, you don't know what you're going to get. The last guy we got from out of town looked like he was something out of a 70s porn movie and whatnot. And he just didn't work out. So Ken Mix obviously was the answer, should have been the answer from the outset. Do you feel good about hiring someone like a, a young uh, Mr. Eddie uh, that is very familiar with the area? He was born and raised here. If if he has enough experience, which I don't know what his history was before being, being the assistant, and if we could have somebody, maybe even have Mr. Mix stay on in a consulting fashion. Right. Not that I'm a huge fan of consultants, but with somebody with actual experience of what we do, right. I think that's essential to get him going, to get him on his feet as 
you know, towards what we need to have happen in the city. And I, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to handle that. And, and with someone with his experience or lack of thereof, because he's young, could you, I mean, again, I hate, I hate to jip him out of money. I don't know what the going rate is, but can, does that mean the, sp- the city spends less on a, on a, on a kind of like a, a, a novice city manager at that age, or is it I'm still? Not, I'm not sure how we pay on that position. I'm yeah. assuming there's a base and then there's maybe some experience pay as well. Right. Um, and maybe we had to incentivize Mr. Mix to come back to the city. I'm not positive about oh, that. Interesting, interesting. All right, so let, let's get down to business as far as Court Street is concerned. The one thing I remember you was talking about, and I said the same thing. A lot of people are worried. You know, finally, a lot of this uh, 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 you know, uh, construction is being done. And I know I was bitching about it and blah, blah, blah. So, but everything culminated at the same time. But you had, you had concerns with Court Street. But I happen to know one of the developers down there that's doing a lot, Steve Bradley, he's more optimistic about Lower Court Street than you were. Maybe you changed your mind. Let me just reiterate on this. The reverse parking, just as an example, uh, you said it wasn't enough because the narrow nature. But Steve brought up the fact that, I don't know if you drive a truck, you probably do in in your business, that when you back up a truck in reverse parking, you actually give yourself more room over the curb as opposed to the other way around. Uh, knowing that, did that change your mind as far as Court Street is concerned? Oh, I, I know I've talked to Mr. Bradley and, and his wife, too, and I understand and I appreciate their optimism for the situation down there. I mean, they've been, they put up with a lot yeah, during that do. road construction, right. and it's, it's getting closer. Um, I don't feel the same way. I, I see the finished product now as far as how much space there is available, and I have talked to the guys that work for the city as well that have to take care of these roads and sidewalks in the winter, and, and I haven't heard the same sentiment from them. And I've, you know, I, I can, I can back my truck up, and, and two additional feet will hang over the sidewalk. But is, the, is that the goal? Do we want parts of vehicles that far over sidewalks? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the spacing, even if you take into account that we're reverse parking, I. I have to assume we lost 40 or 50 parking spots down there. Yeah, and the bump outs as well. The bump outs I hear from, from our city guys and women in yeah. the DPW that that's one of the biggest hassles there is for them. You to know, build them? No, to, to have to work, Maintain a, to work around sure, those exactly. things because we right. have plows that are so wide right. and these things stick out so far and they can't get by them. Right. So is that as a function? I mean, again, you're talking about city planning, you're talking about engineers. I mean, as a council person, you know, would you like to have been in that room at the same time, what, four or five years ago when they came up with all this? I, I definitely would. And I was talking to a, one, a friend of mine today, and I said, you know, it would be nice if we have engineers and we have planning, we have architects. It would be nice if we took somebody from DPW, mm-hmm. you know, not, not the head of DPW, but let's say a supervisor who is actually still feet on the ground, kind of working in the hall kind of person, and, and have... The DPW employees elect a person every every year, every five years, or whatever, to represent them at the city hall during development meetings. So if they're planning a road, let's get somebody in there that actually works on the road every day sure. and have them give their input when these roads are being designed. I think it would make things so much more seamless, and we'd have less problems in the end. Is it is it this need to? I, I mean, sometimes I say, "Well, they do it in Clayton. Oh, they do this in Burlington." Are our city engineers or engineers in general are they just basing this on other people's experiences and and not taking into account the amount of snow, for instance, that falls in in the water t- in, in in this town every year? I'm, I'm sure you know we aren't we aren't like a lot of other places in the country, right? So. Designs may work well down south, and they may look great on paper, and they look, you know, with the trees and plantings and everything. It's always a blue day, too. Yeah, they, they look beautiful. But, yeah. you know, if we spend five months out of the year pushing, you know, 150 inches of snow, right. 
you know, what do you do with that? Right. It, it, it looks good for a little while, but in the end, and we see that with a, with a lot of the, the central islands and the plantings and the bump outs and stuff, they don't look good for very long and they're not being maintained. And we, we are short on employees. We're short on staff. We're short on qualified staff. We're giving them more things to work on, more things to take care of with less people. So why are we doing stuff? We should be to the point where we want to make it easier to maintain so if we de- if we redesign a road, let's make it easier to maintain, not more difficult. How do you know that we're short on staff? It sounds like you're doing some research on your own. I, I you know, I, like I've said before, I talk to a lot of the guys at DPW. I know a lot of people in in different parts of the city government as well, and I've heard this for the last few years easily. Uh, we have a, a huge retention problem. We lose we lose get qualified people to other municipalities on a regular basis. Hmm. I mean, we are losing people that we should be trying to to keep at the city, and we're not doing we're not doing anything as far as renegotiating to get to get our workers on par with other areas around us. So we're losing to even small areas. We're losing to small towns. Really, we're losing qualified individuals. So people working for 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 the city might work for the the town of Cape Vincent because they live there and make as much money, if not more. They'll make more if they go to the town of Larray or or the Cape, or if they go to the county. I right. mean, you're talking, you know, these guys they're not going to have to drive that far to do it. Most of them, you know, probably live in the outskirts anyway. Right. And you want to get compensated, and you know how inflation has gone. We haven't done anything. Other departments we have. Right. Uh, but with DPW, we have not. Interesting. Well, that's good that you know all that. And uh, again, uh, getting back to my original question, uh, being in the contracting business, you get to know a lot of these guys, too, sure. because you're working with them. Your headsets are on. Can you hear me through the headset? Very good. Uh, we have a caller here, so let's, we never know who it is, Ben. You have a question for Ben Schoen. Yes, uh, Ben. You know, um, on Court Street, this isn't going to be the simple fact of just driving down Court Street and backing in this is from the light to the end it is one lane in order for anybody to back into those spots you're in the driving lane if you have six dozen a dozen or so people behind you from that light everybody has got to stop and let them back in And when it snows, there'll be no lines to be seen. And you think that anybody with smarts that has two cars is going to block the road and then try to back in in between two cars when you can't see any lines and it's storming. I think it was the craziest idea the city has ever done. What they, my idea is rehab the parking garage right across the street. Put a roof over the top of that parking garage and rehab it. Ambitious. Put some nice lights in there so people aren't scared to go in there. It looks pretty dingy and dirty. But I think you ought to maybe talk a little bit more what's going to happen. When the street is crowded with people, and one person has to make everybody stop. Right. Yeah. That's that's Thanks, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we talked about that. It's going to be interesting. I sh- I still, you know, and uh, I did get something from Steve. Uh, just want to uh, clarify this because he's the man in the know here. 
Uh, we didn't even have 50 spaces on Court Street. We lost approximately six. So for what it's worth. But nonetheless, it's not. there's not a lot of retail there. It's not like there's a restaurant there. But the idea is... When you de- when you spend millions of dollars in Lower Court Street, you want to develop that stuff, right. and that's part of the plan, right? Well, yeah, I think the whole purpose for making it nice and walkable is so that there's storefronts and places for people to access. So re- reducing any amount of parking when there's already a shortage of it, or if you plan on future development, I, I don't understand it in the backing end. I understand this gentleman's concern because you you have to rely on the people behind you to, to leave you enough space to stop and right. back in. And, right. and if you've ever tried to back out on the square, you understand that most people aren't forgiving. But no, not. So if you're going to try to stop traffic completely, you need to have a window behind you right. in order for you to make that move. And I don't think that it's going to happen. I th- you know, And I'd love to be optimistic about it. I hope that it does work. Right. Oh, because yeah, it would you. be significantly more expensive to change that now. I brought it up at the council meeting last fall. Before, you know, they were 10% done with the project. And I said, you know, maybe you guys need to revisit this before mm-hmm. all that concrete gets placed. But it, it never happened. Same thing with the with the flower boxes. We'll talk about that. But we have another caller, which we would expect. Ben Schoen with us. Hi, you have a question for Ben. Question for Mr. Schoen. So yeah. uh, this is be a repeat of the third question. I've asked you this for the third time today. That uh, what is your stance on the three flagpoles? And the flags that are flown at City Hall. So that's my question. All right, that's uh, of course, as you know him as we all know him as Flat Earth Donnie. What say you? Oh, Donnie, I've answered this question many times. The Donnie, I've always thought that government doesn't have a place in special interest groups at all. So the only flag I, th- I said this at council meetings m- multiple times before they put the flagpoles in. Two flagpoles. We have the United States flag and, and the state flag, and that's it. The rest of the f- flagpoles or flags or whatever you want to fly. You, you have that ability on your own property, at, at every, and nobody stops anybody from doing that. So for mm-hmm. me, it's it's just the two, and it always has been the two. Yeah. Well, and again, so you, you want, uh, I guess you can say, uh, ideology out of, out, of, you know, out of city government. Yeah, I don't think government has a place to be, to be choosing sides like that. Right. right. You know, and, it, and whether it's, you know, you could be flying a, a flag for the Christian church or, you know, just, just anything that doesn't have to do with government. Mm-hmm. I don't think it belongs there. Interesting. Uh, and that's a bold thing to say these days because of the way that wor- the world is. Uh, we're talking to Ben Schoen, but already it's 20 minutes before the hour. Let's do a break, and uh, we'll be back with more of the Live at Five show right after this. LA Quarry is the destination for all your crushed limestone from September 1st, 2023 through October 1st, 2023. Uh, it was a little shorter than I thought. Sorry about that. Uh, we're with Ben Schoen here. we got uh, about 17 and a half minutes left in today's program. Uh, Ben's got a, uh, a lot to talk about. There's never enough to talk about with a city council, with a candidate for city council, especially these days. Ben, uh, you talked about you know uh, running two years ago, uh, getting a lot of uh, attention now. You you uh, you've done a lot of research. You 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 seem to know what's going on in the inner workings of uh, of, of of Watertown. So you know, but the other big thing that uh, we want to announce today is that you have an event coming up for yourself, a fundraiser. Uh, for your campaign on Tuesday, October 10th, at the Mayor's Bar, right, right there on uh, Pearl Street. That's from 5 to 7. So that should be a, a great time, as Jeff would say, great time had by all. Um, so, yeah, so uh, anyway, w- um, you you wanted to talk about something, and I just got interrupted by myself. I apologize. No, that's, that's fine. If anybody yeah. wants to stop in, you know, between those hours, stop in, have any questions, um, I'll be over there. I'd be happy to answer questions, discuss, you know, whatever's on somebody's mind. I, you know, I hear a lot from the residents about what they're concerned about. 
talking to a, a property owner on Francis Street saying that, you know, as much as, you know, he wants new stuff or nice things, he's also worried about how much money we're spending mm-hmm. and wondering if it's worth him owning a property and staying in Watertown if, if they're going to be in s- such a deficit soon. Yeah. Because well, there's other areas around us, town of Watertown for, for, for certain, that it's significantly cheaper to own property. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what 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 are we doing to try to keep people here? Right. You know. So and uh, we have a lot of property issues. Uh, another Northside resident on on Horde, Horde Street. I talked to at Sarah Campos' event. Yeah. They're concerned about the house that's next door to them has been basically empty for 20, 25 years. It's slated to get torn down now. Finally. Yeah. Uh, why do we wait so long to take care of these blighted houses? There and there are many that we haven't even talked about or touched. Um, but they want to make sure this happens, and they hope that if a new council comes in, it doesn't get reversed. If it was voted on, why isn't it gone already? Can can we do some of this instead of hiring it out? Can we take, like, this is a block building. It's a wide lot. There's not a lot around it. Right. Can we take these things down ourselves, save us some money, right. and get it done sooner? Right. Well, I mean, for instance, when that bar was taken down, uh, Brian uh, Croft owned it uh, right near the Court Street Bridge. It, it had roof issues, and it was a danger to the city on a major route there, and they tore it down. It cost in excess of, I believe, $160,000. We had Bob Lamro in here talking about the regulations of tearing down buildings, particularly after 1990 or before, whatever the deal was. Um, why does it cost so much to tear down an old house? Well, there's a lot of regulations there. You know, they do asbestos testing and lead testing, and you have to remediate this stuff. So you have to, you have to have a special company come in to take the products off, and then they, you know, they put it in a dumpster, put plastic bags. So you're paying significantly more money for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if you were the homeowner and you decided you wanted to tear down your own house, you get the permit. You don't do any of that. Mm. Just tear it down with no special bagging or dust control or anything. So. Mm. Why do we put these regulations that cost so much money? And I understand some are, are health concerns. Sure. You don't want asbestos out in the air, but for but, the most you know, part. Yeah, if we have places that are falling down, and I mean, like, collapsing, yeah. we still try to make people go th- jump through hoops that cost significantly more money. And for what? Yeah. It's going to the same exact place as if the homeowner did it themselves and put it in a hefty bag. Right. So if a homeowner just decides to torch their place, it's it's a lot cheaper than if a municipality like the city of Watertown was the owner of the house. They'd have to go through for all, sure. all the bureaucratic red tape, which is for the most part is what's preventing the city from getting back on track again. Because last time I, I drive in this city, I'm not into contracting, but I have eyes. And I would dare say that in many areas, it seems like one and a half to two, in some cases, three out of 10 houses are, have been unoccupied for years and need to either be torn down or, or need a lot of capital investment. That, that's a big, big you know, concern, for, especially the guy, you know, why would anyone want to buy a property on a block where there's blight and you're going to be putting out in excess of one hundred eighty dollars to $200,000 for a house that's over 150 years old where you could buy or build new in the town of Watertown with low taxes? Sure. And, yeah, I mean, and, we, have, we have real issues as far as, Making sure the housing stock looks good is in is in good shape, and and how do we take care of that? You know, where, where do we emphasize our code enforcement direction? Do we say, you know, we're gonna we're gonna enforce all these unfunded state mandates on construction, right? Or are we gonna spend the money and put our personnel in the issues? You know, like with trash and lawns and houses that are falling apart, right? Should we be taking care of that so that we can incentivize people to stay here, right. invest here, and eventually, if we do, mm-hmm. people will come back. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, the city's a great place. That's amazing. Plus, yeah. it's a grid. I mean, it's already got the services sure. ready to roll. Absolutely. You build a new house these days, and, and a good part of what you're spending is to get sewer, to get services. And that, that costs a lot of money. Yeah, if you build outside of town, you know, you're, you're drilling a well, you're building a septic, right. you're building a road, you're right. bringing power in. So there's there are a lot of barriers there, but people are recovering those costs significantly faster because they're they're not paying city taxes, right? And they're not having to deal with any other issues, you know, the the crime and other things that happen right. in front of your face regularly in Watertown. Do you think that crime is on the rise in Watertown? Oh, definitely. I, I, why so? Just curious. I mean, I I see it. I see I see open air drug use. I see open air alcohol consumption all over the place. I see you know theft. Um, you know, people pushing shopping carts up and down the streets. Those shopping carts come from stores. That's right. That's, that's theft in itself. Sure. You know, I've I found empty boxes from stolen products. On you know, people are just dumping the stuff when they steal it. Mm-hmm. I hear stories from store owners. I mean, yeah. stuff that most people and most of the time does not get reported. Right. And a lot of times, it never it never even gets enforced because the police aren't allowed to do anything if it's under a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know, with bail reform and everything that's going on. So there's a lot of crime. That is going unnoticed by the regular public. Do you think we're in a hopeless scenario right now, Ben? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, you know, there are small changes that can be made to get us back to being able to be safe and comfortable and have people happy to be here again. Fantastic. Let's go to the phone. Someone's waiting to speak. Actually, we have two callers. Hi, you're on the air. You have a question for Ben? Yeah, Mr. Schoen. Yeah. Uh, I believe over 30% of the property in this city is tax exempt. Am I wrong on that or? Uh, it's it's probably forty percent. Yeah, yeah. I think it may have been forty percent years ago, and it's yeah. definitely gone That's up since problem. then. Do you agree? It's definitely a problem. Absolutely. Is there any way we can get after some of these nonprofits, or is that a losing battle? No, there's there are things that can be done within the the, the state's laws as far as as taxation. I know you can't tax their properties per se, but there are ways that we can get some funding from the nonprofits. And, and it can uh, I be... I think uh, there's a nonprofit at every street corner in this city, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we've... That's a high percentage, in my opinion. Yep. So we've lost millions of dollars of taxable property in just the last couple of years. People. Is that one of your ideas? Pardon? You want to load up on hiring uh, more employees for the city? No, I want to just staff the departments the way that we have we have them budgeted. So we have budgeted for, like, say, DPW. If we're down eight or nine people, we have that budgeted. That's not overstaffing. Mm-hmm. We're just short on those. We already put that in our budget to spend the money, um, but we're short on those employees. We're not, and and it really drives morale down mm-hmm. for the people that are there because they're doing way more than they really should be doing. Or, well, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, why not? That's a little bit extra. You work. Most of these people do not live in the city. Right, I believe, yeah, they don't live in the in this area, but they want our money. You know, look at the fire department; a high percentage of firemen do not live in the city limits. Yep, and it, it definitely know. happens. It's it's harder to retain people, so our our pool of employees is smaller. So if we start adding those regulations, we may not be able to f- to fill those vacancies at all. So maybe you could look at people that are in the highest pay brackets in the city, our highest paid employees, maybe we could mandate that, you know, they have to be city residents, but I don't even know if that's possible. Yeah, you can put a residency law on the books, but we don't see the one. I don't think that's ever going to happen. No, I, I, I know that you happen, could, but I'm, I'm worrying about being able to keep people. Municipalities. Hmm. But here in the city, I don't believe the city manager lives in the city, Mr. Mix. I don't believe. Does he? 
Oh, he that's... doesn't. I think he lives in Lafargeville. Oh, I don't think right. I'm wrong on that. Hmm. But... Wow. Well, thanks for running, Mr. Sean. Well, I appreciate thank it. Thank you. I appreciate the call. No problem. Thanks, Glenn. No problem. So you talk to a lot of people at these events. Um, you know, getting back to, you know, just real quick. I mean, the the, the lack of decorum that we've been seeing. Um, is that the is that the way of, of politics, though, these days? We're seeing it at all levels. Did you see the debate last night? I, I actually. I turned it off. I don't watch any news yeah. or political TV. Right. Because it's it's. It, it doesn't serve a purpose really to me anymore. It's gotten to the point where it's it's all about them. It's not about the people they're supposed to serve. Right. So no, I don't. And uh, as far as ours, yeah, ours wasn't that bad a few years ago. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it wasn't. There, there were disagreements, right? But they were civil, right? You know, and and something changed a few years ago, a couple years ago. Sure. Um, and you can you can decide on your own what that is. No, I know what it is. <laughs> but for me, we, we know what it is. Yeah, we don't have to be there though. Right. And. And how you run a meeting will affect that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you if you fight back, you know what are you fighting against? Just just say your piece, mm-hmm. make your point, and if somebody doesn't agree with you, then they don't agree with you. Right, right. But right. we can definitely have these meetings civilly mm-hmm. and get way more done. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I think everybody on council will eventually start to enjoy each other again. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's something that, like you said, well, I I've been up here what thirty four. This is my thirty fifth year. And I've never seen such um, such behavior before in my life. And it brings the worst out of people because a lot of people are pointing the finger, oh, the mayor is just as bad. But I think his buttons were pushed, Ben. I really think that. And we never saw that before. And, and Jeff, for the most part, has been in politics for, for decades. Sure. Uh, you know, you can get fiery every now and then. I think that's necessary, but not like what we've been seeing. Hi, you're on the air. You have a question for Ben? Yeah, I do. Uh, I know where Ben stands. I see him at the council meetings. I know where uh, Mr. Babcock stands because he ran for office before. And I know where uh, Sarah Campo stands. But the one thing is, and I know I see, I see him sitting in the in the audience at the meetings, but nobody hears from him as the front runner. I'm wondering, you know, what's his position on anything? He, he hasn't come on the show. He doesn't call in. He hasn't made himself available that I could see. Uh, he got a lot of votes because he's got the the doctor in front of his name. But uh. Other than that, I don't know uh, if Mr. Schoen has has spoken to him or gotten any feedback by sitting near him uh, at a council meeting or what. But I'm just curious if he has any idea what's going on with that. And I'll, I'll listen on fair. Great, thank you, thank, thank you very you. much. It's uh, I'm not like Jeff. Who's a, hey, I gotta go, Duff. Gotta go. Hi, you're on the air. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, go right ahead, Doctor Kimball. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I I have seen him at the meetings um, over the last few months. Um, I haven't. I mean, we don't generally talk during the meetings because there's there's stuff going on right, at the sure, meetings. Sure, um, sure. I think the last time I talked to him was maybe at the at the state office building during the Irish Fest, and it was just about some social issue things. Uh, but other than that, I really don't know his position, and I haven't I haven't heard it. I've heard a couple times when he did talk at council about financial things, and I I believe I agree with him on our financial issues that we're having. Right. You know, he's from what I know, he's not into the big spending and, and the wasteful spending like. The current council has done, right. or a few of the members. So, mm-hmm. other than that, I really don't know. I mean, there's one particular caller. We know him as Tim. He says, "Well, that's not. He's a, he's a liberal. He's a progressive." Uh, but based on what you're saying, he's he's more financially conservative than from what you gather. From what I've heard at the meetings, at least financially, that is that is what I have heard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I I I don't know. I'd rather just hear it from him. Yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, and it would be nice if he is more. I mean, a lot of people like yourself. You're you're new to this. You learned two years ago. That was during. COVID. 
COVID too, you did not have a, a vac. You weren't vaccinated back in the day. You've, this is coming up again. Well, why not? I wish I was. <laughs> well, on, that I wish have I was. Anything to do with city politics? But well, it's, no, it no, says a lot I, about you, though, Ben. Right. It does. I for, for, personally I wish I never got vaccinated. Yeah, I really do. I, I no, think I'm it's just, affected my as, life. As far as 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 pretty much anything I do, it's it's going to be my decision. So whether it's something that I purchase or the clothes that I wear or what I do for my own health, that will be my decision. And so, I, for the most part, will not succumb to any peer pressure at all. Right. And I think the same thing would happen on council. I'm going to listen to people, especially the constituents, because that's who, if I get on, who I will be working for. Right. Um, but it'll be, it'll be me who's making that decision. It won't be an outside influence who's calling me up and saying, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to, I'm going to do, I'm going to make those decisions. And you're not going to sign any uh, dis, dis, uh, non-disclosure deal? A non-disclosure when spending someone else's money seems like it should actually be illegal. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, uh, Mayor Jeff Graham f- uh, feels the same way. I still don't know how that happened. Hi, you're on the air. Do you uh, have a question for uh, Ben Schoen? Yeah, I do. Um, so, Ben, I was wondering... Um, What's your position on the ethics um, committee or whatever, you know, that's being formed against Mr. Olney? That's one question. And I wanted to answer something, you know, about, you know, inside the city and why people want to live here. And uh, what I see and what I've seen in the last year or so with block parties and the uh, streetscape project uh, on Court Street really looking good now. It's about the services inside the city because I just recently moved back inside here and I'm seeing a lot of good things that have happened. And um, I really don't appreciate, you know, um, the literal against Lisa, Mr. Spaziani running now, and, you know, uh, especially Cliff. Um, I think that he's a good man. Um, he's raised his family here in the city of Watertown. He's got. His boys have graduated the same school you graduated from. I just want to know your opinion on this ethics board. And if you talk about, you know, wasting time on the city council and the drama, and you say you don't watch TV, I believe that's what we need on the council. We don't need the drama. And uh, we just need to keep moving forward. And the Y Project, that's another positive thing going on. There's just a lot of good things going on hmm. that I just don't think are being talked about. Gotcha. All right. so, we're, 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 you could have a good day, you know, and thank you for taking my call. I thank appreciate you. it. Wow, geez, that was a lot. Sounds like a progressive. Yeah. The, the, uh, eth- the ethics thing, to me, that's, that's a difficult proposition because if, if you do remove somebody that was voted into office, it seems sort of like suppressing democracy. Right which is a slippery slope because then, you know, it's like with a constant impeachment that happened in Washington. Sure. Or trying to drive charges at somebody all the time still to, doing to keep them from running for re-election. Right. I don't believe to operate government that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, to me, it's, I don't, I don't know. And I, I actually don't even know how this is supposed to work out. Who makes that decision? It's, it's never happened before. It looks like it's going to go right to the, uh, the attorney general's office or someone down in Albany. I mean, if something illegal was done. Right. And it, it broke a state law, and, right. and that is the punishment for it. Then yes, I'm in, I'm fully in support of it. I do not know how that's supposed to work. So, so, so this might be a distraction that we really don't need, or you know, just move on. You wouldn't you wouldn't look into the whole ethics uh, uh, committee at if, all if they were proven to break the law. Then yes, I mean, if if somebody breaks the law that's working for the for the government. They should be held accountable just like anybody else. Believe it or not, we're running out of time. I just got to ask you about the flower uh, beds on, uh, on Lower Washington Street. What say, should they be removed or not? Uh, I, I spoke about this at, at meetings 
prior before yeah. they had put all the final concrete around them right. and suggested that they take them out before it cost us too much money. Uh, that didn't happen. Hmm. So the, the council that voted to take them out now right. voted to let it go until everything was completely done, hmm. which to me makes no sense because at the time there was a suggestion of $40,000. Now it's $200,000. It jumped up so much. But because I mean, I know construction. I know once you finalize something, it's going to cost way more. So you know all that stuff, and it seems like you know that's why you're running. Uh, you're very seasoned, despite the fact that you've never run for, ran for You have a family. You have children. I have a daughter. You have a daughter, and you live right in on Academy Street. You yep. you revitalized a house that was sitting dormant for a while. Sure. And you've done a lot of other things. I wish I could talk to you more, but Jim stole some time for you because we're right now we got 15 seconds. How can people find out more about your event? Uh, stop stop over to the Mayor's Bar October 10th, 5 to 7. Right. Come in and ask me some questions. Right there, October 7th on uh, Pearl Street. October 10th, 5, 5 to 7. Gotcha. All right, AM 12, thank you, Ben. AM 1240 WE10 Watertown makes this legal. Up next, CBS News. This is CBS News on the hour.